0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 362 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Kate Hall. Some of you might be thinking, Kate Hall's been on the show before. Actually, that was a different Kate Hall. The first Kate Hall is an Olympic hopeful who has type 1 diabetes. This Kate Hall is a longtime soap opera writer. She's written on As the World Turns, All My Children, The Young and the Restless, and currently, and for quite some time now, actually, on General Hospital. Now, General Hospital, I used to sit with my mom every day after school and watch General Hospital with her. I mean, like, legit. I know about Luke and Laura being on the run, the left-handed boy. Don't forget when the Cassidines tried to freeze poor Charles. I saw it all as a child. So when Kate reached out and we were talking, she mentioned she was a writer, but she never said of what. And then I got to know her a little better, and she told me. Kate was grateful for the help that the podcast provided for her daughter who has type 1 diabetes. And as a way to say thank you, she named a character on General Hospital after my daughter. Now, a couple of things here. I joke about it once in a while. I'm trying to get one of you to name a baby after me. Hasn't happened yet. But uh, character on General Hospital, pretty cool. I very much enjoyed it, and so did Arden. I'm going to play a clip from General Hospital at the end of the show so that you can hear it. But for now, let's get into the story. So Kate's a D-mom of a little girl with type 1 diabetes. She's actually also married to a man who has type 1. Both stories are interesting. They're all in here. Plus, we're going to learn a little bit about writing for soap operas. Real quick, a couple of things before we start. Of course, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making changes to your health care plan. Please, please, please do that. And this episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Omnipod and Dexcom. Find out more about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. And you can get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod sent right to your door by going to MyOmnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. If you need Help remembering those links to Dexcom and Omnipod, or for any of the sponsors of the show, look right there in the show notes of your podcast player, or go to juiceboxpodcast.com. Oh, I I was singing along with the Skype ring and you almost, almost, almost caught me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to get my energy up somehow for this. I recorded three of these this week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a lot. Uh, okay, don't you worry. Listen, a couple of times while we're talking, yes, my soap opera geek is going to come out once or twice. You have to jam it back in if it gets crazy. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll do
0: my best. <laughs> I just had a jingle go through my head, right? Like, I can't think of the first part of it, right? But it was Love in the Afternoon on Ryan's Hope. But there was a beginning part that I can't remember. Um, oh,
1: see, I never watched Ryan's oh, Hope.
0: I didn't either. I'm just telling this was like an ad that would run in between shows. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know either. I just, um, okay. Sure, let's, Scott, let's, Sure, let's, you didn't watch Ryan no, Hope. I, of course I didn't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I was not like a little fat kid after school watching soap <laughs> operas with my mom.
1: I love that. We need you guys.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Um, we should start with, uh, with real talking because I just recorded the whole thing. This'll, you'll probably be mortified to find out that this is how your episode started. Um, Excellent. Okay. So, so just go ahead and introduce yourself and, and we'll start talking. Okay, I am
1: Kate Hall, and I have a 10-year-old daughter, Dylan, with type 1 diabetes, and my husband, Peter, also has type 1 diabetes.
0: And Kate, you know you're not the first Kate Hall to be on the podcast, right?
1: I do, yes. I heard that episode. That was so funny.
0: We have a lot of Mormons, um, and now now a lot of of Kate Kate Halls. That's exactly right. You understand. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so how did we meet? I feel like I know. Like I feel like you reached out to say, was was yours one of the like, I need help emails or was yours a thank you email? I can't remember.
1: I was all, all of the above. I started with a thank you. I think I messaged you on Instagram maybe, just thanking you for all that you do and how much you'd been helping our family. And then I reached out wanting to be on the podcast. And then I reached out for help after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I remember talking on the phone with you because I feel like I embarrassed myself. Do you feel like I embarrassed myself on that phone call? No.
1: no. Oh, no. I actually was so grateful that we'd already spoken because it made me a little bit less nervous to do this okay. today. I'm like, well, we've already chatted. Yes. No, we did speak on the phone. Um, it was funny because you were like, uh, you know, can you, can you give me a call? And I'm like, sure. And then the next thing you're like, what's your number? I'll call you. I'm like, you're probably very smart, not just giving random people your <laughs> phone number.
0: <laughs> you know what? What if I just called you instead? No, no um, <laughs> but, but so you don't remember me embarrassing myself. This is just. No. Okay, so what do
1: you the, think you embarrassed
0: yourself well, with? Not what I think. That's what I know. Um, I at some point discussed having written a book, not mm-hmm. under, not understanding that you're a professional writer who's won daytime Grammys. Okay. Or, well, well, Emmys, daytime Emmys. Excuse me.
1: Um. I've never written a book and probably could not. So they are completely different genres and yeah, that's crazy. That's nothing to be embarrassed no,
0: about. My book's not really a book. It's uh it's a I don't know. It's 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 loosely connected blog posts like that are longer than regular like it just I don't have so Ready?
1: You were also on the Today Show, something I have not ever done and will never do. I
0: was on Katie Couric, not the Today Show.
1: Oh, uh, well, okay.
0: I did do NPR, though. That was really cool.
1: Oh, that is cool.
0: It was very so, cool. yeah. It was cool to have you're the You're way MP- more famous than I am. Yeah, it was very cool to have the NPR guy in his deep NPR voice that he did not look like he was putting on. It just felt like it came out of him, you know, and, <laughs> um, and he's holding my book, and it's dog-eared. It has, like, stickies in it, and, and all I could think the whole time I sat there was, Oh my god! I think you really read that. (laughs) Uh,
1: Right, read it closely enough to put sticky notes in it. Well,
0: because Katie Kirk's producer read it and then told her about it. So I was right. Was my expectation that maybe NPR guy didn't either. Uh, But anyway, I'm in like you're a real like you're somebody pays you to write. I just yeah. Right, I was uh in the right place at the right time. That's a different situation. You you know what I mean? So I don't know. I just found myself embarrassed because I mentioned that I'd written a book. And it's not something I normally mention either, which, by the way, now people are listening. It's like, oh, this guy probably runs around all the time I'm going, have you seen my book? I don't think – there are times I bump into an old box of those books in the basement and it actually makes me think, huh, I wrote oh, that yeah. book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it really feels like that. Um, <clears throat> the thing about books is you can't really make any money off of them unless you're famous. So it's a lot of time for – the, not much reward yeah well, the, the return is that you wrote a book, which is cool, like I have to admit in like certain scenarios it it's a selling point for me. like I hear people say that all the time, like they'll have me out to speak, and I, they're like, "Oh, Scott wrote a book and I'm like it's not about what I'm here to talk about, but uh, okay, you know, like it would be, right. it would be like if I rode motorcycles for dummies and I was speaking at a diabetes event, they're like, oh, he's an author you, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, it just gives you like street cred you wrote a book
0: it does, and by the way it's published. Like by a right. publisher. Like I didn't self-publish it. Not to like poo on anybody who has, but you know, a publisher. No, thing. it's
1: legit. Yeah. You should be proud of it. All
0: right, Kate. Okay. People have already hung up the podcast now. They're, <laughs> they're enough, done. to have to like edit up <laughs> half of that so they will even stay in this. Um, are we saying your child's name? Did we say it?
1: Yes, I said it. Dylan.
0: Okay. Uh, Dylan is eleven. She
1: is ten. 10. I was so she just jealous. turned ten.
0: And what? How old was she when she was diagnosed? Nine. It was like a week before
1: her, um, no, a week after her birthday. So she had just turned nine. So mm-hmm. we're just over a
0: year. I'm remembering, this is why I pushed you off so far for your recording because I wanted you to like, I might not have told you this. This could be,
1: you did not. Tell um, me. Right, Kate,
0: I was manipulating you like a puppet. You just don't realize, uh, but no, I wanted, I would have told you if it would have occurred to me, but I wanted you to be with it longer before we talked about it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That makes sense. Right. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Plus, you were nice, so it wasn't weird to say, hey, you can record in, like, December, right? Like, you know, <laughs> right. a year ago.
1: <laughs> You're like, I know it sounds far out, but how's the beginning of December? Like, hey, don't, sure.
0: Don't, don't give away the, the the language from the email because it's the same email that goes to everybody. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry. I mean, mine said something totally different.
0: <laughs> but no, no, I can't. I had to automate some of this. I was really losing my life to, like, writing emails and responding to stuff, and which is re- oh. really cool, but it was – taking up more time. And I was like, suddenly not editing the podcast anymore. And I was like, I think they'll stop listening if there's no podcast. So I no,
1: I was like, suspect. I was like, I don't know. I mean, he keeps saying that he is talking to all these people who reach out to him like that just can't be true. And then I email you and you're like, Do you have time to chat. I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. Like <laughs> He really does it. It's so crazy.
0: So I'm going to tell you something that's going to absolutely flip you out. We started recording at 10am. And at nine fifty nine I hung up the phone with the person I was talking to um oh wow, because she had a confusion about something, and I didn't want to it just seems like I don't know it's so much easier to say than it is to to type and yeah, i think i'm pretty i I actually believe that I'm pretty good at explaining diabetes in writing, but it's it takes a lot of time and y- you can miss nuance and things like that, so. No, totally. It's easier that way. Again, let me preface that by saying, or not preface it, but let me postscript that by saying, please don't call me. Uh, I'm (laughs) very busy and I don't have time. Uh, No, but but seriously, I like helping people. um, Well, obviously,
1: I mean, it's oh my gosh, I just can't even tell you how helpful you have been to us.
0: Well, Kate, you better be able to tell me because that's why you're right,
1: (laughs) right? Okay, I will find the words.
0: All right. First of all, your your soap opera royalty. Tell me a little bit about what your mom and dad did in the world of soaps.
1: Okay. So they met on the soap opera search for tomorrow. Um, and they played Scott and Kathy and they got married on TV before they got married in real life. Um, and yeah, so then later in life, my mom switched over to the writing side. So I'm really following in her footsteps, but yeah, I come by the soap opera world,
0: naturally. Now, if I had your mom here and I said to her, what made you switch to writing? Would she say something like, I had said it so many times, I just, I knew what they wanted me to say, or is it?
1: No, uh, you know what? She, she would probably correct me on this. I would, I tell people, and maybe I'm wrong. I think she did it just because it's a much easier schedule when you have children. And it's just like, I, I work from home. I can work in my pajamas. I have no meetings to go to. It's great. I can still like be a mom and get my kids off to school. But, like, I have this job that I love. Um, it's just sort of perfect, perfect. for when you're trying to raise a family. Do
0: you, have you ever, for me Have you ever been on screen? Have you ever stuck yourself in the background or something like that for?
1: No, I dream about it though. I have dreams like a couple times a month where I'm like at the studio for whatever reason, which I'm never at the studio. but And, you know, it's kind of like they need somebody. I'm like, oh, I'll do it. You know, and all of a sudden I like turned into this actor extraordinaire. And I have like a like a main role now on the show, which, of course, that would happen. No, I love I am a writer, I think, because like I didn't have the chops to be an actor. I would have loved to. I'm too self-conscious. I do. I would take rejection horribly. And like, that's what an actor's life is. It's people telling you. You're not right for this. You're you know, I would I would have been bad at it. So this is me getting to like flex that muscle, but from behind the
0: scenes. You know, I didn't understand all that and I can't believe I'm gonna bring up the book, but when I <laughs> I'm laughing at myself, but <laughs> when I when I finished writing and I turned in my work, um, I got you know, they got back to me and they had made an edit, which was super interesting to watch someone else edit your work because when I reread it, I couldn't figure out what they cut out of it, which I thought was fascinating. I was like, I don't even oh, know. Oh yeah, what did. like that's amazing, you know. And we had obviously, the publisher and I had long conversations over many, you know, a year or more during the writing process and the business side of it and everything. Hello? And as soon as the book came back, you know, and she sent me back her edit, she followed <laughs> me up on the phone call. And she's like, like,
1: What is that? Interviews. Is that a kid?
0: And I was like, Yeah, like, I was just like, Of course you are, because I wrote a book. And, and she's like, No, <laughs> no, we don't do this for most authors. She's like, You can talk. And I was like, what? She goes, most people who can write are not good at being the out front face of what they're writing. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's true? And she's like, 100% true. And I, and I think you just kind of said the same thing there, which is what made me think about it. Um, she's like, people who are usually good writers are not great speakers. And I thought, no kidding, right? And she's like, no, no, really. She's like, we're going we're gonna to get you stuff. And then, by the way, most of the cool stuff I did, I did. They didn't do Like, you know, they were always like, do this magazine article. I was like, this is the cool stuff you were talking about. I was like, how do I get on TV? Like, (laughs) like, like, be on the radio. I don't want to, and actually, you know, it's funny. I did a podcast the first time and they used the audio from that podcast to show to other people. They're like, listen, this, this is, it was very, very interesting. Tony Rose, I was on his podcast, uh, which folded a long, long time ago, um, Every day uh, when I'm making this podcast, I try to prove Tony wrong. Tony had like a, it wasn't a podcast as much, which I guess it was, but it was like blog talk radio. That was a thing for a while where people just recorded like over telephones and it sounded like that too, you know? Um, but he, right. he tried to talk about diabetes on his and his is long defunct. And, and I contacted him in 2015 when I was starting to do this and I said, do you have any advice? You know, I take any advice you had. And he goes, "Well, enjoy it while it lasts, because you'll run out of things to say eventually."
1: And, I, and uh-huh.
0: I, I laughed and I said, "Oh, I bet you I won't." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that bet. Scott thinks he could talk forever. Just so you know, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> but anyway, I always, I, 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 never forgot that he said that because every once in a while I think of it. I'm like, I got to keep it fresh and new and think of different ways to go because I don't want to get into a scenario where I feel like, oh, I've already said that. Y- y- you know, so,
1: right? Yeah. No, totally.
0: So how do you stop that from happening on something like you're on general hospital right now? Something that's, how long has that show been running?
1: Oh God, uh, 50, like I want to say like 57 years or something.
0: So do you have any ability to make something happen that hasn't happened five times already? Like how do you do that?
1: I mean, I would say most stories are recycled in some way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't come up with the story. I am a script writer. Oh. So I am told, you know, this is what is going to happen. And then I write all the dialogue for my show, like the day that I'm assigned.
0: So are you choosing direction? Like, would you? Uh, no. No? They... I mean,
1: like the direction of the story. Yeah. Like what? No. I, I like flesh it out through the dialogue. I can change some things, you know, if I don't like. How they got from point A to point B, I can change the middle part, but that, you know, the end of the day, the tag of the day has to be the tag of the day unless I'm told otherwise.
0: So so that you don't run into like, you know what it makes me feel like these current Star Wars movies where they talked about like J.J. Abrams came out with his reboot and then Ryan Johnson came up and sort of like – If you watch the second one, you could see in that script where the guy was like, I don't agree with the stuff that was said in the first script, and I'm going to try to move them away from that with my writing. So you don't have the ability to do that. They give you like, you know, Robert Scorpio is going to show up here, and by the end of it, this person, this person, this person need to be going towards this bar for this reason, and you get them there. Is that the idea?
1: Yes, And I do. Yeah. And all the dialogue and the stage directions and uh you know if they're just sitting around doing nothing having conversation I'll try to come up with something they can do and you know with soaps it's like a lot I feel like that what I'm most proud of is making you know either like the absurd sound normal Mm -hmm. um you know like something that somebody would actually say and also you're doing a lot of like recapping and kind of like you know, you're like, Oh God, I feel like they had this conversation, you know, two scripts ago. And so it's trying to keep like you keep things fresh and not always sound like you're saying the same thing. And, so I feel like that's sort of the biggest challenge.
0: Then there's a name for that in television, right? In writing for television music. What do they say? Like captain exposition. Like, what is that idea when an actor comes on and explains to you what's about to happen? What's I. Yes, Exposition. It's, yeah. It's like, like what,
1: expository what, dialogue. Right. Yeah.
0: When a guy just walks into the scene and says, so you mean if we push this button, that mountain's going to blow up and, right. and you think exactly. back, like, like no one would say that in a real scenario, but since they only have 45 minutes to explain this to me. We got to, right. that's how you leap over 15 minutes of dialogue that would draw that out. Right. So is it sort of the opposite of like, so how do you play against the idea as like a professional writer? Because what do they say? Right? Like don't, don't explain something you can show, mm-hmm. but you, yeah, but you're, you're explaining it in lieu of showing it.
1: Well, that, no? yes? sometimes, it me. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's in different scenarios. It just depends what you're, going for but yeah ideally you would like to show it and not say it but like there are just some situations where you know you gotta you gotta do it and there's it's funny there's some actors who are just better at it than others and we're like okay give that to so and so because he is really good at just like whipping out this expository dialogue but like making it sound pretty normal and he like gets it done quickly and um so you also like you have certain people in your head who like you would assign that job to.
0: Oh, there are some people who aren't as good at it. It sounds more like an ad coming out of their mouth. Like, yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you know the actors yeah. personally or do you, you have that feeling just from watching them on television?
1: Um, I know some of them personally. I get, um, intel on them from uh, like my editor. Cause I, I'm on the phone with her, like usually at least once a week so she can say, Tell me, like, yeah, this person probably won't be as comfortable with this as
0: that
1: person would, or whatever it don't, is. Don't and give um, them the
0: heavy lifting, give it to this person.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's something that's very cool. Yeah, I feel like we're learning a lot here. Let me ask you this: uh, Do you ever do you watch the show?
1: I try to. I am embarrassingly behind right now. Um, it's you know, it's an hour. And like at the end of the day, it's not like my husband wants to sit and, you know, he would, I guess if I like mandated it, but you know, we watch other stuff on TV. We're not gonna like sit down and I'm not gonna like press general hospital. I usually, if I'm like working out in my house or something and I'm on a treadmill, I'll put it on or um, I just don't have a ton of time to watch it. I I wish I did because it's it's really helpful even now, even after writing for as long as I have, you know, we get new characters all the time. And the only way to really get their voices and figure out who they are is to watch it. You know, me just reading words on a page isn't going to help me.
0: There is a lot to unpack here. Here's why. First of all, I know women have it tough, but if a man said, if I mandated it about his <laughs> wife, like that would not fly. It came out of your mouth so easily. You're like, yeah, he'd do it if I told him to. And, and we're all, everyone listening's like, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. If, if this was. Well, I mean you, more, I, I mean I more. I don't care what no, you meant. I'm talking my, about what you said. <laughs> but
1: because it's my job, like it, he would feel bad being like, "Ugh, I'm not watching General Hospital because I like work there and I, you know. Like, I I didn't mean it. Like, I can just order him around.
0: Yeah, okay. And so that, <laughs> and the other thing is that there are times where I pop the podcast in. I want to make sure it sounds right through headphones. I want to make sure it sounds right if you just flop your phone on the countertop, if you're running it through a speaker. You know, I try to stay mm-hmm. on top of that. I try to make sure that, you know, there's connecting phrases that I use that I try not to um, – obviously, um, you're trying to avoid. So I try to avoid, but I use so a lot to get me to my next thought. Um, right. I sort of let it go because nothing is scripted here. So I am really thinking along with the conversation, try to cut myself a little bit of a break, but I try to listen to it, you know, so that I can figure out what it is. And my, my, my wife will be like, are you listening to your own podcast? And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm just trying to listen to that. And she's like, Oh, sure you are. And then this <laughs> this morning I did it with the episode that went up today, which is the second trimester of Samantha's pregnancy. Like, I don't know if you... Oh, yeah, I right? saw that. It
1: popped up on my phone.
0: And so I'm listening to it, and I'm by myself in my house making my breakfast, and the absolutely douchiest thing happened. I made myself laugh. <laughs> and so I'm laughing in my kitchen at something I said on the podcast, and it made me feel like a Dope. Like, I was just like, how can this have? No. I I knew I was going to say that. No, I don't know. It seems like it might be like a mental illness. I'm actually putting the ad here because while I was recording with Kate, my computer crashed. So, this is just a natural break in the conversation. I'm going to make this quick for you Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. See the speed and direction that blood sugar is moving with the Dexcom G6. This is incredibly important. This information coming back from the Dexcom is going to inform, it's going to supercharge your ability to understand how insulin is impacting blood sugars, how food is impacting blood sugars, how food impacts insulin, how insulin impacts food. It's going to show you so much. You are going to be able to make decisions unlike your wildest dreams could desire. Is that English? I think it is. Unlike your wildest dreams could desire. Well, there's a better way to say that. But what I'm saying is when you see this information, you begin to make better decisions about your type 1 diabetes. These decisions lead to better time and range. They can lead to lower A1Cs. So much. When you can stop those spikes and stop a low before they happen, just sort of find a way to keep your blood sugar in that zone that you're looking for. It's huge. Dexcom. .com/juicebox. Go find out more about it right now. The Dexcom G6 is just a huge tool in my daughter's life with type 1 diabetes. I do not believe that her A1C and all the other things that are important would be where they are without the Dexcom. I'm not even mentioning share and follow. I should, by the way. You know, Dexcom like the wearer can share their information with up to 10 followers. That's for iPhone or Android. Imagine your grandmother school nurse mother father and anybody you want can see your blood sugar and if you're an adult your best friend friend at work your sister your brother anyone even your mom still like when you're an adult you still need your mom right well with the Dexcom G6 you can share your information with others if you want to If you act right now and go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, the links are right there in your show notes. Don't worry. They're also at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember. Anyway, if you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump right now, today. They'll get it right to your house. When you get it, you can try it on and wear it to see if you like it, to see if it's comfortable, if it'll fit into your life. And if it will, You just keep going with the process. And if you don't like it, it's cool. Omnipod doesn't, they don't mind. They don't mind sending it to you for you to find out that it's not for you. But just imagine if it is for you. What a leap it's going to be to wear your insulin pump without tubing, to not have to shoot insulin anymore through needles, to be able to lord power over your basal insulin. I know those of you doing MDI don't think about that, but just imagine getting the exact amount of basal insulin that you want every hour. Not just shooting it once a day and hoping it works, hoping it works for 24 hours till you shoot it again. Actually being able to control your basal insulin, to be able to extend out your boluses, get extended, extended boluses are so great for Chinese food and pizza and foods like that. Don't even get me started. You can do that with the Omnipod. You can also set temp basal increases and decreases for moments when you need a little more or a little less. Just think of it. Think of the possibilities. A little temp basal decrease going into some activity, keeps you from getting low, and you get to wear your pump the whole time because it's tubeless and it's not going to be in the way. It's astounding. Trust me, at least try the demo. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in your show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Let's get back to Kate. Hello? Let's hear it for Max autosave. It is amazing. Uh, Was that my fault? No, my computer just crashed. So the truth is, I am using a five-year-old computer that I need to replace. And I made a decision this year to upgrade sound equipment over computer equipment. And this is the third crash I've had in a year, and I haven't had one before that. So I think this thing shot... Uh, I might have to go out on a limb and replace the computer. Uh, Bummer. Yeah. So all that all that fat cash I'm making off the podcast going.
1: <laughs> you should have done it this weekend. One of those, you know, Cyber Monday deals or something. Don't
0: worry. I'm thinking about maybe still doing it after that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we didn't really lose anything. But I I so I had asked you about whether you watched the show because I wanted to ask you if while you're doing that if the dialogue runs ahead in your brain, like, do you know what people are about to say? Is that weird? Do you ever find yourself mouthing along with it or going, Oh, they're about to say this.
1: No, because I mean, it airs almost three months after I've written it. So I'm a little like, I'm so far ahead in my writing that I'm like, it's more like a fun reminder. Like, Oh yeah, that was a fun show. Yeah.
0: So now that doesn't surprise me at all because I'll get emails all the time, like oh, I was listening to the show today, and you said this, and thank you. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I <laughs> I recorded that six months ago, right? Uh, you know, and it went up today, and it's it's really um I I can't believe I asked you that now I now that you said it, I'm like, oh, of course you don't, like because you're writing ahead, right? Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, so all right, let's get to the real meat of this uh, um, this meal. Um, Dylan now had diabetes for about a year mm-hmm. you were diagnosed tell me a little bit about what happened
1: it was her like well visit just her yearly annual visit and we went in and they said you know she's she's grown two inches but it says she hasn't gained any weight in the entire year so they're like oh the scale must be wrong we'll go do another one we went to another scale said the same thing and I could tell the doctor was like, huh, but then she was just going to, Dylan seemed like otherwise healthy. And she was just, she was going to have us come back for a weight check in a month or two or something. And then I, in the back of my head, we, Pete and I had been on vacation. And when we got, and we left our kids with our nanny, who is amazing. And when we came back, she said, you know, there was this one night where Dylan went to the bathroom like six times, she said, when she woke up in the morning And, you know, I was like, huh, that set off like mild alarm bells for me. But on the way to the doctor, I said, Dylan, you know, has that happened again? Have you had to get up a lot? And she was like, no. And, you know, don't say anything to the doctor. It's embarrassing. I was like, okay, okay. And, but then, you know, once I saw the the concern in her doctor's face, I said, you know, there is one thing, or, you know, and I told her what I just told you. And, um, She said, okay. So they did a urine test. There was glucose in Dylan's urine. And then they um, wanted to do a finger prick, but they didn't have a meter in the office. So they had to go somewhere else to another nearby doctor's office, get it, bring it back. And that was like the worst sitting in the waiting room. Like I just wanted to get it over with so badly. And so they did the finger, the finger prick. And she was like, Three hundred and, and something, and just because of Pete, I knew obviously that is not a normal blood sugar, and um, so I was like, I think you have what Daddy has, and I thought that would sort of make her be calm about it, like because she sees her father every day living a completely normal and healthy life, and she like flipped out, like screaming and crying. And I mean, I, I, uh, it was terrible. Um, and yeah, so there was no hospital stay for us. They just like sent us to the endocrinologist in like the local one that they usually recommend. And we went to see her and they did all like the official tests. And then she got like her, um, her a one C and everything. And they officially said, yes, you have diabetes.
0: Well, Had you ever considered before it happened that it might?
1: Not once. And I feel so naive about that. But I, nobody ever said that I, I, so my husband was diagnosed after we were married. Um, He was in his early thirties and everybody just kind of made it sound like he'd been struck by lightning and no pediatrician ever told me it was like there was a risk that our kids would get it. His doctor didn't say, Hey, like, you know, when you have children, just be on the lookout. Like nobody ever said it. And now knowing what I know, I can't believe we weren't on the lookout for it, Mm -hmm. but we weren't like, we were blindsided. I called him at work to tell him what was happening. He like was horrified and jumped on a train and came out. And I remember them like, I still like cry when I think about it. Then we were in the parking lot of like a pizza place. Cause when we went to the doctor, you know, they're doing all these tests, we're waiting on them. So she said, you know, go get whatever you want for lunch. Um And, you know, of course we're like, what do you want? You know, pizza. And Pete was like, wait, she's eating pizza. I'm like, just, it's fine. I don't know. They told us it's fine. It's fine. Just meet us there. And, and he gets out of the car and they just like ran to each other crying. And it was just, It was really, it was super emotional and he had a lot of guilt, which of course he shouldn't have, but you know, he felt like, oh my God, I gave this to her. And it was, it was really sad, but it's also since then, I think connected them in a very special way.
0: In that moment when they kind of embraced and they were crying, did you have a different, like, I don't know if you had the the bandwidth at that moment or not, but did you suddenly see diabetes for your husband differently than you had seen it prior?
1: Oh, 100%. I wasn't even, I didn't even follow him on Dexcom. (laughs) Like, like he was just totally just doing this by himself. And I, yes, it's changed dramatically how I've looked at it for him and my empathy. And I mean, not that I wasn't empathetic before. Of course I was, but it's like a whole new level now.
0: Yeah. Well, you could just tell him to be. I'm, I'm going to
1: mandate that no. he just like raises his blood sugar when he's low. Pull it yeah.
0: together. buddy. no, no, uh, <laughs> what I really, what I was, I mean, I'm super interested in what you said because it just feels like that it's possible that because of the lead up and that he was diagnosed when he was, and that you guys got married, you know, you know, you weren't married when you were 18 or something like that. No. So, so that it's possible that for the first time in that moment, you saw how it impacts him. And have you spoken to him since then about, I mean, he's obviously, I don't want to say hiding, but there was a part of his life he wasn't, he wasn't sharing, right? Like about the diabetes, did that make you feel strangely or do you understand the privacy? Is he as private now as he was then, et cetera?
1: I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he was never hiding anything. It was just sort of, I didn't have that sense of, you know, other than like the first low he ever had and. I was pregnant and I was sleeping in another room because he was snoring. And of course, that was just so annoying. And in the middle of the night, he like crawled into where I was and was like, you know, I need juice. And I like, I want to say I ran, but I probably waddled down the stairs and got, you know, a cup of orange juice and came back up and he like couldn't even bring it to his mouth. And I had to like feed it to him. And like that was really scary obviously it was was our first experience with a low and he had to like email his doctor the next day and be like um this happened to me last night what was that and the doctor was like oh you just had your first low like i i we didn't know a lot going into this and he was misdiagnosed at the beginning and it was all confusing but other than that you know needing to bring him something like that i don't know i didn't feel like it was this like team effort which yeah. is what I feel like it is now.
0: Well, that's, that's really cool. Did How long did Pete have diabetes before it repeated with Dylan? I was just trying to say Pete and repeat, just so you're wondering. Pete and
1: repeat. Yeah, well, yeah. that's so funny because <laughs> my sister married a Peter, and my father is Peter. So it's Pete, repeat, and three Pete is what we call them.
0: <laughs> if Arden was here, she would say, Peter's a euphemism for penis.
1: And <laughs> 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 Oh, all right. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way.
0: <laughs> She's a delightful girl. Uh, who, by the, <laughs> Actually, by the time yours goes up, I'll say this here because it won't be teasing by then. But Arden and I are going to sit down and do uh, a, a short series on the podcast of me trying to like pass ideas on to her
1: um oh that's awesome
0: i had there was a lot of talking that got done to doing that and i think i committed to paying her if i'm not mistaken uh be and but true well now
1: you're gonna have to
0: i'm pretty sure i i'm pretty sure i had to move her along with some cash so for all you people out there who when i say like if i was you i'd pay them like people are always like my son doesn't want to wear a pump and i'm like how old is he They're like oh he's eight i was like you know fifty dollars would look huge to an eight-year-old right like pay him right like get
1: him moving and if they don't like, like that it, or candy.
0: Yeah. And if they don't like it after that, right on. Like, but get them to try it. So right. I said to Arden, look, we're at this weird spot in your, you know, in your life. You've had diabetes forever. Um, and you're, you know, your dad's the guy on that podcast. And so it doesn't impact you the way it does other people. And she'll she'd be the first one to say that there are days that go by where she doesn't think about having diabetes, really. Like it it's not in the forefront of her mind. Right. But there's no doubt that I'm making calculations that she doesn't understand. And and I don't mean mathematical. I mean, you know, bigger ideas. Like, she had Chinese food last night that presented a problem to me, and I stayed ahead of it. Like, I kept her blood sugar at, like, 180. That was like a, a Chinese food failure was, like, 180 for three hours. And – you know, uh, uh, everyone listening now is like, "No, a Chinese food failure is four hundred for 60 Right? Hours, right? <laughs> I was and, like, and "That sounds pretty good." Yeah, and you're like, "Huh, really?" And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> "We have botched this," you know. And and but she wouldn't know in this moment how to how to manage through those couple of hours. Like she she wouldn't know what to do. And
1: and is that a whole different ball game now that you're looping?
0: Um, yeah, no, yes, sort of. Like it, it's harder to correct with loop. Because Loop doesn't want you to, but Uh it's
1: actually. But there's ways around it.
0: There's ways around it, and the last version of Loop that's out now is way better. Like it handles food way better. It doesn't cut basil off like it used to, and it's just it's it's an updated version of it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so it's it's easier for me to correct with it, Um, and I've learned how to like open the Loop to crush a hide to close it again. Like I've I've figured out some things but at the same time
1: yeah point. why don't people just like open it during the day and then close it for sleeping
0: because you still have there are still going to be times where you have insulin needs changing during the day and the loop will get in front of those things
1: it'll get in front of it
0: okay and so as best it can it's it's right around food if you mess up the bolus for food then it's it's just you know it's a little more difficult to get back on top of, but I really am figuring it out. It's just that Arden wouldn't know the next right. level of that, right? And oh,
1: that's going to be so great, Dylan will she'll eat those up with a
0: spoon. Yeah, well, I'll tell Arden that to see if it makes her feel differently about it because it's going to be me uh, and her, and at times it's going to be me, her, and her friend Yanni, who, mm-hmm. who uh, is a kid who Arden met online who has diabetes. And we're gonna do a like a, a round robin thing if the technology holds up, which I think it will. And uh and so the all three of us are gonna talk about it because Arden and Yanni are in different situations. Like Arden's okay. management is more stable than Yanni's is, and Yanni's looking to like get to that stability. So I think the information would impact both of them the same way, even though they're coming from two different places. So I have my fingers crossed. I practiced on some kids who weren't mine in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> now that goes. Yeah, I was like, here's other people's children. We'll practice on them. Come on over here. And no, but no, but seriously, they took the information really well. They took notes. They were paying attention. Like it was really interesting. So
1: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So this podcast I can't really, wait.
0: Thank you. It's just a it's a walk through my experience. And this is gonna be the next part of my experience. So we're gonna try to bring it to the show. Um We'll see. I should knock on wood or something like that. She, now that I've said this, that she'll back out and be like, I'm not doing that. But yeah, she, yeah. she really does. We need to have these conversations. Yeah. And so I, she why doesn't, not She doesn't make it problem. useful for everybody? Right. Exactly. So that's our, that's our goal. So, okay. So, so you had this thing, what I feel like is probably the most emotional moment of your life I'm imagining. Um, and, you know, it, it, this whole sort of thing, you know, comes together for your husband. I get the, the, the part about feeling like you gave it to her is he shake that over time or does that stick with him? Do you think? Yes, I think he has. Um,
1: I think he, it took a little while, but you know, just had to keep telling him, you know, she, you didn't give it to her any more than somebody gave it to you. Like it's just crap luck for both of you.
0: (laughs) I know Kelly has that feeling sometimes because Kelly has hypothyroidism. So there's an endocrine issue with Kelly and it's, it seems like there's a fee on the female side of Kelly's family. They all seem to have a little bit of an endocrine thing. And I think that makes Kelly feel like she gave Arden diabetes, which she, of course, you know, intellectually knows is not true, but. Right. Hard to
1: shape. I get it. I get it. I would probably feel the same way.
0: Yeah. Go back to Dylan exploding in the doctor's office. Did you just let it happen? Did you, I mean, I'm assuming you consoled her, but like, did you just let her, let her have her moment?
1: Yeah. I let her have her moment. I kept trying to explain. I mean, I did not do, you know, you always talk about like crying in the shower, Mm -hmm. crying behind closed doors. Like I was like just 100% crying and that scared her. And I remember saying to her, I am not crying because I'm scared. Like, I know you are going to be fine. I'm crying because I'm, you know, really bummed out that this is happening to you, but it's going to be okay. Um, she just, she kept asking me if she was going to die and I, you know, maybe, maybe she was asking me that before they came in with the meter, like when she was a little confused. And that's when I said, no, you're going to be fine, but you might have what daddy has. And then when it was confirmed, I mean, she looked at the doctor and said, do I have diabetes? And her doctor said, yes, Dylan, I think you do. And she, I mean, she really, she screamed. Yeah. It was, I was very surprised by it, but yeah, I let her it and just hugged her. And, you know, we were leaving and then I just like, couldn't deal anymore. And I like turned back and I remember hugging the nurse and it was nice. I hadn't seen her mm-hmm. again since, cause she was pregnant. So she's been been on maternity leave. And I saw her again for the first time at Dylan's well checkup this year. And, um, I said, you know, I don't know if you remember, but last year, and she just cut me off and she was like, Oh, I remember. And that was a nice little moment to see her again and have it be under much better circumstances.
0: She's like, oh, I remember your child screaming like a monkey. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you losing
1: your, you know what, all over the office. Yeah.
0: Look, <laughs> you cried. The kids screamed. Am I remembering this right? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We uh, we, oh, we call it we call
0: it Blue Monday here, just in case you're wondering. Uh, we're all. all that was away. something
1: else. Yeah, and they just send you on your way. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Drive to this other town and go see this person. I'm like,
0: okay, you're very likely going to be fine. Goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jeez. Well, I, I, I'll tell you. I have to like, commiserate with her a little bit because I was in a hotel room while my son was um, recruiting for baseball. So he was in high school trying to get into college, and we were away one weekend when I found out Arden had hypothyroidism and mm. i believe that i had to stop myself from pu- punching a hole in the wall of the of the hotel room
1: oh i, was I bet just
0: so angry that like it, and the way it felt to me was like how could she, how could it be two things oh yeah like how could she get two things you know like which is that is is how it really struck me in my heart i was like it's enough right she's doing okay with this why would you, you know, and I'm not even, I'm not religious. I don't believe in, you know, like, a. am just, I don't feel that way. It's not like I was blaming a higher power. I just thought this is, this feels wrong, you, you know, and um held me together. I think that my son was in the, uh, I think he was in the bathroom and I, I didn't want to like, I like think I didn't want to lose myself in front of him, so I just kind of held Right. together. Or I think I would have just run through the door into the adjoining room and been like, Hi! Uh, my, <laughs> good news, my daughter has hypothyroidism. They go with her type 1 diabetes. Isn't this great? Uh, oh, really God. Terrible. Now, do you have other children?
1: I do. I have two um, other daughters, both younger. Dylan's my oldest. Then I have a daughter Sawyer who is 8 and my daughter
0: Reese who is 4. Who better to pick names than a television writer for children? <laughs> and that's they, they say that's a hard thing to do but if you've got the skill you have it and you apparently did. Do. Does Peter get the had any input on the children's names or did you mandate what they were going to be? How did
1: you? No, no mandating on that. We <laughs> no we came to it together. Um yeah, I just love sort of the kind
0: of the boy names for girls. I just think it's cute. Yeah. Now, I know um, Arden is only, I think the last time I looked, it's really only an, a few thousand, maybe five to 9,000 people in America are named Arden, and mm. over half of them are men. So it's not a very common name, and it's not a, no. not a common girl's name, but I just loved it when I saw it. I was like, this is I her. like it, too. That's yeah, a good one. I was like, here we go. Well, you liked it so much that you named a character on General Hospital.
1: I sure did.
0: I really appreciate that. Thank you.
1: That
0: was a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, so you- I
1: was bummed out. Her first scene was supposed to be with Laura, of Luke and Laura, and, but I guess they must have Jeannie Francis wasn't available that day or something. So they had to cut her out of the show. Uh,
0: I looked up and I just thought, Oh my God, Tristan Rogers is still on this television show. <laughs> like that's, what... I know
1: <laughs> he left for a while, but now he's back.
0: I feel like he might be thinking that too. Like, I felt like, he made it <laughs> like, am I still doing this? Am I still here? <laughs> but no, it was really cool. Thank you. I tell, um, I'm interested a little bit in how the podcast, uh, found you and, and what it, what it did or didn't do for you in the beginning.
1: I, how did I, I, you know what, I think I started following diabetes stuff on Instagram and then somebody posted like similar to what I did when their kid got a good A1 feedback and, you know, said, you know, couldn't have done it without. And I was like, what's this? What's the juice podcast? And so I clicked on it and I started listening. And I remember I was on a train um, into the city for it doesn't matter who cares. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) the detail is not important. That was the storyteller
0: in you right there. You're like, (laughs) it does not matter why it was on a train into the city. That is (laughs)
1: expository dialogue and nobody needs to know. Um, and I was listening, I'm I'm texting Pete and saying, you have to listen to this. It's so good. And I was walking through Grand Central and it was the one where you were talking about like shoving the juice box through the fence at, her softball game and she just you know took it down in one gulp and i'm crying because to me that just was so like beautiful and brave and i wanted that for dylan and um so i just started like binging it right off the bat and it was just it just gave me the courage to finally stop staring at the dexcom and like watching the spike to 300 every morning and being like why does this keep happening why does this keep happening? I don't understand. And instead, just do something about it. Like you always say, like, it doesn't matter why it's happening, just give her more insulin. Right. And it was the most freeing thing. And I mean, I've just eaten up everything that I hear on it. And I, it's helped us so much. Oh, I'm glad. Like, I'm nowhere near where you are, but I'm doing it. Like, I tell people I have like two full time jobs I write for General Hospital and I manage to lose diabetes.
0: What you're gonna say, and I listen to a podcast, and uh, well, that's true too.
1: Yeah, and I talk about this man like he's my friend. I'm like, well, Scott says, and everybody's like, you don't know Scott. I'm like, well, <laughs> you, uh, do you know. now. who tells you that? I Your do family? now. Yes. No, like Dylan him. will be like, Mom, you don't even know him. I'm like, Well, I'm going to, so you just watch out.
0: Just say, I talk to him on the phone. I know him better than you do. <laughs> Honestly, talk to me more today than most of the people I know. Uh, So that's fine. i am actually, interestingly enough, as you're talking about kind of being tough and going through things, and I remember that moment, like, kind of so vividly when she just kind of, like, took that juice and went right back out there. And it was so cool. Oh, so good.
1: Um, And I needed to hear that. Like, we were right in the, you know, days after this had happened. And I, like, it just, it gave me hope at the beginning before I, like, it gave me hope before the tools, like, I just needed and I just I wanted so desperately to hear other parents because, you know, just it made me feel less alone and also... Just like we could do it, you know, they're doing it. We could do it
0: too. Of course you can. I mean, honestly, if I, seriously, I mean this, if I can do it, literally anybody can, because there's really just generally nothing special about me. Um, It's not like I knew something first or I have someone helping me or, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just these ideas, they kind of coalesce and you can, you can make sense of them after a while. We're actually in the middle of something right this second that, um, you know, is, one of those other tough things. Like while you were telling me that story about listening to the podcast, I was texting Arden, "Hey, you got to eat faster. What are you doing?" And, mm. and so she's had a, a a fairly large lunch. This is a pretty big bolus, and it looks to me like she got to, you know, she got there, sat down, and probably didn't start eating right away. Right. So she's like sixty diagonal down right now, and <laughs> I just and I'm just like, "Hey, it's all the food in." She goes, "I'm eating," and I was like, "Do it faster." You know, and that was, this is pretty much it. And, you know, in five minutes and I told her, I'm like, leave your phone out because, you know, if this gets sideways, you're going to probably need some juice and you're, you're not going to be paying attention because she's, so she's eating. So right now it's the, it's the, she's the first day on a new sensor. So in my heart, if she was here, I would think test, cause I don't think she's as low as she's, it says she is. I think the, right. the food's ahead of it a little bit and we'll wait it out a little because we're not scared and she's eating. But you know that she's not here. It's still a little different. Like it changes what you're going to do a little bit. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. There's there could be a moment in here. Where I'm like, just have a little like juice. But I know she's not going to know need it. So now I'm fighting the urge to say she needs the juice and kind of watching it happen. Like I say on the t- oh, you know I don't say anything on this podcast that I'm not doing in my own life. Like so sometimes you just really do have to have the balls to wait a second.
1: Yeah, you know. I I do that. I text someone, like, it's going to hit. Like, you ate lunch. It's all there. It's going to hit you. Like, just wait one second, because you know what will happen if you treat it. And you, you're also, I try to remember, too, like, the Dexcom is behind, right? right? So the food could have already hit, and she might already be on her way up. I just don't see it yet.
0: Yeah, you just got to wait, wait for one more reading. And then if that reading goes the wrong way, you go, oh I was wrong about right. that. and, go ahead and have some of that juice now or whatever you use as your fast acting, you know, kind of treatment stuff. Um, no, absolutely. I, well, I'm thrilled. First of all, that the podcast is valuable for you. I really am. I, I end up emailing that to a lot of people, that sentence. And I hope that it doesn't sound trite, but I really am thrilled that it, that it did something for you. Um,
1: anything. It's a total
0: game changer.
1: <laughs> like I just can't, I can't imagine had I not found it.
0: You're very nice. It's very kind. Thank you. Um, I really, I mean that it's a, it's a touching thing. It really is. Um, well, it's hard to know what to say. It, it's, uh, it's still strange to me to hear from people like that. Um, not that it's like, it's not, I don't want to sound like an ass. It's not unexpected. Like I'm not, like I've heard other people say it. It's just, the, it's not something you get accustomed to hearing. Um, it, it feels, well, it's the time truth. Time. You're very nice. It's, it feels special every time someone says it, I guess. is.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah.
0: Um, what are your using technology? What are you managing? Around? Yeah, we
1: are um, Dexcom and Omnipod.
0: And enjoying it so far. Oh yeah. yeah, it's yeah amazing. What is what does your husband use?
1: He is just the Dexcom, and he does um, injections. Interestingly, like he. He's an interesting case. So when he was first misdiagnosed as type two, so he was on, what is it? Metformin. That is that mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. for like a while? And it was just awful and defeating. And he would, you know, wake up in the morning and I'd be there like holding my breath while he tested his blood sugar and it would be high and he wouldn't have eaten a carb. And, you know, like he never had carbs. Like once he was diagnosed, he cut carbs completely out of his life. Um, and finally he was correctly diagnosed but i don't i think he kind of got it in his head or maybe it was phrased to him in such a way that it was sort of like if you if you get on like the fast acting insulin like the insulin with meals kind of like you've you've given in like you can do this on your own with food and exercise and it, if you have to go to the insulin like then like oh uh, well like diabetes got you type of thing okay and it so he just took one injection of um he doesn't take lantis but you know whatever the similar insulin is the long acting Levemir. yeah Levemir. that's what he takes um and it wasn't until Dylan was diagnosed so we're talking like eight years of him just through diet like eight he years? just
0: yeah oh my god oh okay he was really misdiagnosed
1: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, they knew he had type one for all that time. I meant he went eight years just on one long acting shot a day and no oh, oh, fast oh, acting. Oh, okay, okay. We didn't even have any in the, like nobody ever even prescribed him any insulin, like fast acting insulin. Was that working? And we, was his A1C? Yeah, it was working. His, his A1C was fantastic, like in the fives always.
0: Wow. Okay. That's a, a long honeymoon.
1: Um yeah well he just didn't eat any carbs.
0: Oh. Ever. Oh, oh oh ever. What was he eating?
1: Like salads and chicken and vegetables and meat and like no carbs. Like he went from having sushi rolls to like just sashimi. Um luckily he was never really a dessert person so that part wasn't hard for him but like we just didn't order pizza anymore and we you know made zoodles instead of noodles and like we just he just didn't eat carbs. Okay. So anytime we'd go out to dinner, I'm like, I am having all the pasta because, like, we never (laughs) cooked any carbs at home, and I never got to eat that stuff anymore. Hmm.
0: And did that, like, that kind of went through everybody? Like, you were sort of a low-carb family at that point?
1: Oh, no. The kids were, like, carbs maniac and I ate carbs just like not for dinner when I was with him but like I certainly ate carbs for breakfast and lunch and stuff oh
0: I see just not in front no it's
1: just him just yeah. him yeah and um, and then after we were on like an airplane home from I think we had been skiing in Utah and we're on the plane home and he had had this horrible like accident on the slopes where this guy who didn't know how to ski just like careened right into Pete and like you know bent his his pole and the lenses of his goggles popped out like it was a very hard hit, but right. they were both wearing helmets. So that was good. But I think like something got really shaken up in his body and it his blood sugar on the ride home on the plane was like through the roof to the point where his meter was just saying hi. Yeah. And so when we got off the plane, he texted his doctor and that was the first time that he'd ever been prescribed fast acting. The doctor said, Okay, you need to go pick this up and give yourself yeah. a shot and then that just sat in the fridge forever. I mean, he never really used it. And then when Dylan got diagnosed, he sort of realized, oh, like fast-acting insulin isn't a weakness, it's just what you do to help you eat food like everybody else. So now he does take fast-acting insulin and he, you know, can have sushi rolls again if he wants to and a slice of pizza if he wants to. He still eats relatively low carb anyway, but
0: but not not just Strictly
1: anymore. Yes, not strictly
0: anymore. Well, wow, that's interesting. That's such a, a interesting path. And and how has that affected? Well, I guess let me ask this first: Who, did, you and Dylan? Like, is that the the chain of like care? Is Pete involved with Dylan, or is it you and her?
1: He is involved for sure. I mean, at the beginning, it was so nice to have somebody who like. I mean, now it's just. I could do it in my sleep. But at the beginning, like the meter was very like overwhelming to me. Like I'd never tested Pete's blood sugar. He just did that. So I'd never used one before. And all the steps, it was nice to have somebody know exactly what they were doing. He knew how to give an injection. Um, he, he's just, he knew how to put on a Dexcom. Like that was so nice to have somebody already like knowing the ropes of everything. Yeah. Um, But in terms of her care, it just makes more sense. I mean, I'm packing the lunch. Like I know what's in it. I I'm here if need be. I mean, he stays out of it completely all day and I just text with Dylan. Mm-hmm. But if we're all home on the weekend, like he'll certainly if he's making breakfast, he'll, you know, bolus her
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah. so
1: he's fo- definitely involved. But I I I'm like the first person, I guess, in
0: the chain of command. Do you follow his Dexcom now? I do. Yep. Is that just, do you think now a function of having seen Dylan's, it just would feel weird not to know his?
1: Yes. And also it made me realize like I could be very helpful sometimes. I mean, if he is out like working in the yard or something, and I notice it's a precipitous drop and he's not going to get the low alarm yet, but I can see where it's going. I'll just like run out with a glucose tab and be like, you're going to need this. And And sometimes I'm really nice about it. And then there are other times at night where I've been up with Dylan like three times and then his alarms start going off. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I like throw, like throw a glucose tag at him. I'm like, take this. Why aren't you waking up to your alarms? I'm like, I can't deal with you too. So, you know, I can be like really helpful and a great wife. And then I can also be not so nice about it. I but know. I do, you know, I give him the sugar, I give him the glucose. That's just how I do it.
0: In fairness, last night, I think I heard Kelly say to me, I think Arden's CGM's going off and you're not hearing it. And I was like, yeah, because uh-huh. I'm sleeping, but I hear what you're saying. So, you know, and she was just like, it was like bouncing a little bit. Like it was just going under 70
1: and mm-hmm. then coming
0: back again. And like, she was just kind of like, she was riding along that line. It was like 75, and then it was 69, and then beep, 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 and then right back up again like it was doing that. And I, 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 I'm saying to Kelly, I'm like, it's a newer CGM. It's okay. <laughs> and she's like, just go look. And I was like, I really think it's all right. Okay. So I went and tested her, and she was actually like 78. And I was like, ah, see, it's okay. Like I said, I was sleeping. but But, you know, <laughs> but, but thank goodness for Kelly because I really – I mean, those alarms—they do. You get numb to them eventually. You know oh,
1: I mean? and I—I I incorporate them into my dream. So then the alarm is just the sound of a car honking on the street. Like mm-hmm. I fight it. My body fights it. It's like no, I don't want to wake up.
0: I fell asleep last night. I was trying to stay awake right for a little bit to just get Arden's blood sugar right where I like. I thought it needed a little bump, and I was making sure the bump worked before I went to bed. So I fell asleep listening to a different podcast than my own. And I woke up realizing that the people in the podcast were in my dream, um, that there was like, (laughs) we were having this whole adventure together. It was, (laughs) was, was it's
1: amazing.
0: (laughs) It was really weird, but I know how those alarms end up because you're right. It's like you, you're beep, beep, beep. And like, you realize later, like that was like a truck in your dream was backing up and it was the Dexcom alarm or something like that. And, yeah, I, I, it's a weird life we all have. It's
1: um, a weird life. And Pete never wakes up. So I silence his phone. Otherwise, I have two phones alarming, like at kind of like sort of the same time, but not really. And they're staggered and it's
0: really annoying. Well, that's actually super interesting, right? Because you see his lows differently than you see hers, right? Like in
1: what respect? Well, it's
0: it, it doesn't seem like a more immediate need because she's a child, or because she's your child, or
1: oh, well, definitely because she's not. I, I at least know Pete's getting those alarms. He, you know, knows what to do. And with Dylan, it's like I have to catch it and tell her what to do. So yeah, I see them very differently. But I will check in and just be like, Pete, are you eating? And you know, just shoot him a quick just to make sure if I see it going really low or he'll be like, yeah, I tested. I'm not that low. I'm actually whatever. And, um, so, but yeah, so it so definitely feels more urgent with Dylan.
0: Here's my Sophie's choice, right? They're both in exactly the same situation and they need care. Dylan first.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's aren't for you all then? guys
0: out there who aren't married yet. Just so you know, okay. Like there's going to be a moment where you're just relegated to, what's left over just so you're aware. That's all. I, I mean, would, I'll be, I would, I'll too. be
1: real quick and I'll come I'll right back, but I,
0: <laughs> I would do the same thing. I would, uh, you know, I mean, if we were on a raft and it was going under and somebody had to go over, you know, I'd nudge Kelly off before. One of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you'll be all right. Swim. You know? <laughs> before, before. One of the kids. Yeah, it is a real weird feeling. Uh, you don't recognize it right until you have a kid, but your spouse, no matter how much you love them, is really just a guy you met right and and your kids your right
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: there's it's another piece somewhere, but Dylan's Dylan <laughs> not that you I'm not trying to say you're like, don't get me divorced, buddy. I'm just trying to be funny but but no, but but seriously there's like there is a real interesting um like I see it more like if I get a a text right, or something comes up on my phone and I go to look at it. There's this horrible thing that happens in our house. It's very small, but it's not small. I get fixated on what I see. Like if I'm being texted or if it's Arden's blood sugar or something like that, I don't realize that Kelly's standing four feet away thinking, is everything okay? Right. And so, and so I finish what I'm doing and Kelly's like, what is it? And I'm a boy. So I'm like, look, you can e- I can either explain it to you or take care of it, I'm not able to do both at the same time. <laughs> like So, you know, so like I need, I need to finish what I'm doing. But by the time I'm done, even if it takes 20 seconds, I can sometimes see that it makes her physically uncomfortable.
1: She's nervous. You yeah. Know, and
0: she's worried for Arden, you know, or Cole, even if it's a text message, it's. I think in the back of her head, she's like, that's it. He died. Right. Like it finally happened. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I've been worried since he was alive and, and, right. and no, it's fine. Like everything's fine. And she's not a worrier. It's just in that moment. Like it's, like you feel like there's information there and you have to act. And I always lean towards.
1: The, the acting. The, the kid,
0: the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, we ch- we, well, we- you need
1: to work on multitasking. Be like, <laughs> it's okay. It's Arden, but she's fine while you're texting
0: her. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And that seems completely <laughs> doable. It's just, it doesn't, and I see how mad she is when it's over. She's like, you couldn't have just told me. And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like it's just, I was just, I was going to be done in a second. And she's like, I think it's because I make faces when I read too. And she infers from my faces. She's like, you looked worried. And I was like, I did like, I I, I wasn't like, you know, just, I don't know. So you know, the the dentist wants to know if you're coming for your cleaning on Friday. I was just, oh, God. just typing C in there, you know? Um, it's actually interesting now that, uh, Hold on. Arden's blood sugar looks lower than it is. Um, she tested? Yeah, she tested. And everything's fine. And she's she's 100% fine. But my wife just texted me, like, do you have Arden? And so that's that means that her blood sugar has been a little lower for a little – like, looking lower on the CGM um, – than, than it is, but my wife finally, my wife's finally like, all right, listen, you're not killing my kid, are you? Like that, that was that. it was, it was like, you have Arden, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I get those texts yeah, too.
1: Yeah. Do you see Dylan? You see Dylan, right? Do yeah. you see Dylan? Yeah. I got her.
0: Yeah. While Kate's thinking, oh, I'm just the girl you met. I see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> you're delightful. Did oh, you, Did you thanks. know that about yourself?
1: Um, it's always nice to hear. Yeah
0: delightful you're conversational you can hold up your end of the conversation this is very nice
1: I like I'm a I'm an anomaly I'm a writer who can talk I guess
0: I guess so I find I, you didn't you didn't make me work hard at all today which I appreciate and uh and we still got out really cool information but I don't feel like we probably did we not talk about anything you wanted to talk about
1: I don't think so
0: no. how is Dylan doing overall like how would you characterize her health and and her well-being
1: She's doing great. Um, she is like the same happy, enthusiastic kid, which is just awesome. Like, I I don't feel like she thinks about diabetes very often. Um, it's like, I don't know, you probably feel the same way. It's like a gift you can give them, you know, to take it on for them so they can just be a normal kid. And so far it's, Working, I you know live in fear of like puberty and all that stuff, but hopefully we'll get through it okay.
0: I mean you'll have to, right and and you will. It's just more I mean, again, I can't give away the the secrets too much or people will stop listening, but it's really just more insulin. Yeah when you need it. and when you don't, don't. and you'll start to figure it out. there's a there's a weird rhythm to it. Like you're used to thinking of um, diabetes in the form of a day. And you have to start thinking about the days and forms of weeks, like around around periods a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. once you can find that, I almost said flow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Better word than that for this scenario. Once you find that rhythm, even that's not right. Right. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like once you can find that it's like, Oh, this is the week where you're going to need more insulin. This is the week where you're going to need less insulin. This is the week where it's not going to act weird, but it might get funky once in a while. and, and you just sort of – and then there's that one week where it doesn't impact you and everything goes back. But you learn how to, like, bounce between them real effortlessly as it – I mean, I, I'm trying to learn that, I guess. Right. And it's doing mostly okay. There's something – it's just when you don't notice because you're not the person. Like, right. It's not like I have like, there's not like an alarm that goes off in my head when Arden's period starts or when she begins to ovulate or something like that. It's not like I get a message, uh, you right? Know, you know, so I have to like, see what's happening. And then I think, oh, that's this. And that's this. And
1: it's we... Oh, right. It's this week. And yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I'm telling you the, the real, the real trick is going to be to get everything that you're going to accumulate over these next six, seven years. Right. And f- figure out a way to put it into context for a person living with diabetes because you you're going to have a very special set of skills as a caregiver that I don't think are going to one-to-one transfer. Like, do, right. do you know what I mean? Like that's the, yeah. thing, that's the thing I'm starting to work through now and why I want to have Arden on the podcast and stuff, because there's, there's what I know how to do. There's what impacts me so that I can react to it. And then living with, it's going to be completely different. But I think there's a way to transfer what I know into a person who has diabetes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Arden on that table, and I'm gonna gank her up outside until the lightning hits her, and I'm gonna try to make her, you know, <laughs> try to turn her into a Frankenstein version of my ideas in her life. And
1: it's see. interesting too, because it's almost like you have to sort of make them care as much, you know, like make it be as important to them their health as it is oh, yeah. to us. Like, I just don't, you know, I just imagine like a lazy teenager who just doesn't feel like dealing and I'm like, no, 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 you are going to have to deal like.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Right now my mom is like 76 years old somewhere. She's more worried about me than I am. Right. Yeah. You know, and so you're always going to have that over, you know what I mean? Like, isn't it weird how our minds work? Like, you know, she's your daughter, but to her, she's just, she's just her. And, you know, not everything doesn't feel as important or even connected you are less connected to yourself than you are to your kids right you you know like you have this you don't have that same feeling of responsibility she wasn't there when she came out and you were like oh my god it's my job to keep that thing alive like she didn't have any of those experiences um you know what I mean oh
1: I used to be like the biggest hypochondriac and you know always worried thinking I was going to get sick or this was going to happen to me or that and once I had kids that all like all of that energy just transferred
0: yeah, you don't care about them. yourself at all. You
1: don't care anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. I had a, a an emotional conversation with my wife the other day about what it feels like to kind of care for Arden and be the one person that I cried through because I realized I really only care about my kids. I I've stopped caring about myself and, you know, it's not that I don't take care of myself, but like you come to that realization like that if I were to get hit by a truck right now, my only regret would be that I wouldn't be able to help my kids more. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. a really weird feeling to have. Um, and your kids don't have that feeling about themselves, you know, my daughter doesn't, yours isn't going to, so we, I have to, I think of it as my job, right. In this next phase of the podcast to figure out how to take all this cool stuff that we all understand as caregivers or adults who are listening, who have found a way to, you know, um, combine it into who they are during the day. And I have to figure out how to explain that to my kid. Like, so that I feel like is the next step. But I will get it all worked out way before your kid gets older. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm counting on. Are you? I'm like, all right, yes, please. And like, technology. I'm like, well, maybe it won't be as difficult because it'll be more sort of streamlined and easier than it is now.
0: I think that's a, a sincere possibility. Like, I, I really do. But I still think that there's the nuance, right? That mm-hmm. around the scenarios and situations that they're going to need to understand how to like employ that technology. And what, Oh, totally. What do you do when it, when the technology, you know, fails on you for some reason, you know, how do you, how do you handle that part? Um, and some of it's going to be, they're just going to have to have it happen to them, you know, and and that's going to be hard for you to see.
1: Right. But it's really the only way to learn. I mean, yeah,
0: it is. So it's all going to be fine as long as I stay alive. But is that what you're telling me, that the pressure's on me right now? Yeah. Your daughter will be okay if I keep making this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't and feel please, any pressure please
1: convince Arden to do that series with you because I think that will be amazing.
0: Good. No, I think she's going to. I really do. Um, I I bought the equipment that makes it possible for me to record two voices. So at this point, I am pot committed on that. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I really appreciate you. Being on and doing this, did this live up to your expectations, or was it a huge letdown?
1: No, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me come on. I basically bribed you by getting your daughter's name on TV. So thanks.
0: I just want to say that's probably true. Get my kid's name on television, you do get to come on the podcast. But that's not that's I. You were booked before that, right? No, no.
1: I said, well, yes, I, yes, I was booked. Um, but I think it was like part of the.
0: It was part of that conversation.
1: Yeah, like part of the package
0: a little bit. I have one last question for you, if, if, if you have a minute. Do you feel pressure to incorporate diabetes into the show?
1: Oh, thank you for bringing this up. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: So there's a
1: character on General Hospital. His name is Lucas. He's Carly's. Do you know, Carly, like, Sonny and Carly? You probably haven't watched in a long time. Well,
0: you, anyway. I haven't, and you still think I don't know who those people are. Of course I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, or he's Bobby's,
1: Bobby and Tony's son, Lucas, mm-hmm. Lucas Jones. And he, so I've been writing for this show for like eight years and I am getting my assignment and I look through it and I see that Bobby Spencer, they're giving her type two diabetes and she's having a conversation with her son. And, you know, he's like, mom, how can you not know how serious this is? Like with my type one. And I was like, well, well, I'm sorry. Like, wait what like there, this character has diabetes and i have been writing for eight years and like had no idea because nobody ever talks about it right. so this actor poor man i have like i have alarms going off all the time now when he's in conversations with his husband i have people talking about carrying glucose tabs around i have him saying you know i took insulin but I didn't get a chance to finish my breakfast so I'm writing it in every chance I can get which and the show is being great about leaving it in there I'm hoping they're liking the sort of realistic approach like obviously it'll be the first thing that gets cut if the show is long or something but right. so far it's made it in there
0: that's very cool but now you got to get like a device on him somehow right that would be oh
1: cool. I do uh, he wears a glucose monitor not that we've seen it but we've heard it like, we've heard his Dexcom go off.
0: Oh, no kidding. Do they know that? Mm-hmm. That's so cool.
1: I don't know if the actor has any idea what's happening. I think he just, like, says what's <laughs> what's written there. I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure he really understands it, but he's doing it, so that's good.
0: That's very interesting. I wonder what it's like to... That's interesting. You're making me wonder like what, how much he thinks about it or doesn't, or he's just saying the words, but that's...
1: I know. I would like to, if I ever meet him, I'll ask him and and explain why all of a sudden he's talking about his diabetes when he hasn't done that for years and years.
0: Do you feel that pressure come from community? Or you're pretty much on, you're like an Instagram person, right? Pretty much?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter. That's more like Twitter is my like soap opera persona and Instagram is just me.
0: Well, Arden's blood sugar is good, by the way. She's 65 diagonal up. Everything's fine. She was hanging oh, out at that 60s version for a while. Everything's good. Um, I didn't yeah. want people to wonder as the as the episode stopped. But uh, I think we maybe pre-bolused a couple minutes too early is what I'm seeing if, as I'm looking at the graph. Like I even realized when she was like, lunch is soon. I remember looking and thinking, that seems four or five minutes early. But that probably won't be a problem. But uh, it kind of was. But fixed. No big deal just stick the juice through the fence drink the juice keep going that's um, right <laughs> yeah, that's cool. well I really appreciate you sharing all this this went more directions than I expected actually your husband's story um, it really fascinated me so I think it was it was cool that you were able to share all that I appreciate
1: it oh well good well thanks for letting me share it of
0: course. huge thanks to Kate for coming on the show and talking about being the mother and wife of someone with type 1 diabetes and for having a really cool job and putting my daughter in general hospital, which I'll play for you in just a second. Thanks also to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Get yourself a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod today at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And you're definitely going to want to go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn all about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Links to all of the sponsors, Links to all of the sponsors are at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening with. All right, ready? Um, There's two little clips here. Uh, One is just a short blurb. You'll hear a couple of guys talking, then it'll go into the blurb with Arden's name, and then there'll be a little like kind of scrub sound, and then it'll go to the next one, which is a little longer. It was very cool hearing my daughter's name on General Hospital because I am not kidding you. I sat for countless afternoons with my mom on the sofa watching GH, and uh, I'm not embarrassed. Not even a little bit. ADA Arden here will be asking the questions.
1: DA Scorpio is a strong presence. Thank you. We, we, Allegations
0: against the defendant. Objection is sustained. Jury will disregard the defendant's speculation with regards to Ms. McCall. Ms. Soto?
1: No further questions, Your Honor.
0: Ms. Arden, your witness.
1: You stated that everyone within Dawn of Day is equal, but that's actually not true, is it? Some are more equal than others. Can you explain how the trust operates?
0: There's some video of that audio. Video of the audio? Is video the audio way to talk? Well, there's some video of that audio. I guess the video from that audio. Well, the video that that audio is from, yeah, the video that that audio is from is available at juiceboxpodcast.com on the page for the episode of this podcast. I feel like I've been very clear, and I don't know why you're confused, if you're confused. But I'm certainly I guess by now, you guys have listened long enough to know that if I'm doing this at later at night, this is how this ends up going, and it's kind of late right now. So anyway, I'm sorry, uh, but I need to go to sleep. So I'll see you soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Do you have an absolutely fantastic diabetes doctor, nurse practitioner, or anything, a nutritionist, somebody you use who's making your life better with type 1 diabetes? If you do, just know that not everyone gets a great doctor, but they could. If you go to juiceboxdocs.com, you can add your fantastic physician or practitioner to an ever-growing list of listener, of listener, I'm going to have a stroke here. I can't think of a word. Listener, it's not suggested. What's the word when you want to, oh my God, I'm not going to stop this recording until I think of it. Recommended. (laughs) <laughs> to an ever-growing list of listener-recommended doctors, physicians, practitioners, people who are helping them with their type 1 diabetes. So if you need a great doc, check out juiceboxdocs.com. And if you have one, you can go to that same link to email me your doctor. Just look at the format of how the information's there. That's the information I need about your great doc. Okay, I think you've gotten a pretty good look into how long my day is. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of See, I can't talk. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to leave a wonderful rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I feel like this went well.